Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and welcome to another edition of the sounds and the stories that you didn't know your eardrums needed this <laughs> evening. This is Press Break the Offseason. We're back for another episode. And of course, as always, I am Sports with BJ, aka Brandon Johnson. I'm joined, as always, by my partner in crime, my PIC, Jake Thomas. And Jake, before we get into everything, last week when we did this show, we had a little teaser by The Godfather. He said there was a big announcement. Huge news coming our way, but he couldn't release anything. They released it last week on the Juice Box Pod, who, for those that don't know, are our parent company. We are a podcast underneath the Juice Box Podcast. So, JT, want to break us down a little bit about what that announcement entailed? Yeah, if you want to hear some more details, they get into it a little bit more on the Juice Box. Uh, and they're, they're always a great listen, so go check them out on Sundays. They drop usually around 5, 5.30. But the big announcement was the new sponsor, Cloud8, uh, Delta 8 THC. Um, for anybody that doesn't know, Delta 8 THC, it's a legal strand of uh, THC. You can buy it and have it shipped directly to your house. Um, a little different than uh, – uh, we've come a long way in the THC world, so it's a different mm-hmm. strand, um, legal and it gives you kind of, from, from what I hear, it gives you that feeling of, uh, that, that high feeling, but you don't get the grogginess or uh, the, the like hangover feeling afterwards that you normally would with regular THC. They've got a lot of different things on there. I know I'm not a smoker, but they've got a lot of different ways that you can uh, smoke their product. But then they also have gummies if you, if you want to check that out. Um, a little bit of a different way to get that uh, good feeling. I know we're always here drinking on Friday nights. If you're looking for a different way to spend your weekend, go check them out at uh, – I had their website pulled up. I believe it is www.cloud8delta8.com for more information. And enjoy responsibly, as always. Absolutely. And big shout out to them. I'm on the same boat as JT. Not a big user. Um, I say not a big user, not a user. Um, (laughs) But hey, that's a market now. I know in the state of Virginia come July 1st, all marijuana will be legal. Um, So hey, appreciate them picking up the sponsor, Juicebox Pod and, and the partnership they have there. And it's always nice to have somebody that believes in what you're doing. And that's really the bottom line here left, right, or indifferent on what that sponsor is. The fact that someone believes in what the juice box pod and press break does, we appreciate that. And we'll blast you for that reason. So Mm -hmm. it is Friday night. It is another edition of freestyle Friday. And we always start by announcing the beverage of choice. JT, what do we start in this evening with? I've got a few left. Um, uh, It's my drink of choice going with the high noon, the peach. Um, I've got two left here and then I've got a, figure out something else to drink. Uh, I've got a few that, uh, what did I get last week? Um, you had truly, a mango one. The, well, uh, I got the truly fruit pack, uh, punch pack. Oh, you also. finally found it. Yeah, yeah. So I got a few of those left after this, but for now I'm drinking the high noon peach. Strong start to the evening. I went to a little bit of Mexican, um, before the evening. And look, the problem with going to Mexican and knowing you're going home afterwards is if you don't have the material to continue making margaritas at your house, 
you can't start drinking margaritas because we all know the saying liquor before beer, you're in the clear <laughs> beer before liquor, never been sicker. Right. Mm -hmm. And I messed up and sat down and had a beer first and didn't have any margarita mix at the house. So I am going old school, old fashioned Bud Light this evening. I've got one sitting in my Yeti. Uh, just so it can stay nice and cold throughout the production of this show. And hey, maybe it'll bring some good thoughts. Who knows? It's been a while for me in Bud Light. I'm normally an IPA guy. Uh, mm -hmm. But, you know, I like I like the smell of pine butthole, apparently. <laughs> I like the taste. Serious question about um, margaritas. Frozen or on the rocks? On the rocks, no rim. And I always like to go gold. I don't like the house margaritas. I find that um, even if I just have the one, I end up getting a little bit of a headache. But mm -hmm. if I step up a shelf, um, a little bit better tequila, I suppose, a little bit less pre-mix, yeah. if you will. Um, so, yeah, uh, I, like it to, I like to go on the rocks, no rim. I'm not a big fan of sweet, um, not only in drinks, but in food choices as well. It's just mm -hmm. not my thing. Um, so, yeah. What about you? I, I'm a frozen guy. I... Uh, I'm not really a huge tequila fan, so I like the frozen. Um, I like the fruity ones that you can kind of hide the tequila. So I'm I'm normally a watermelon or a peach frozen margarita kind of person. Okay. I respect that. Look, I wish I could drink the fruity stuff. I feel like I, I could get the job done quicker if I liked fruity stuff, <laughs> but I just I just don't. I, I've tried. When my wife and I go to the wineries, it's always a big deal because – we like to do the flights together, which means I have to drink some white rinds, and I'm not a big fan of the residual sugar. Um, and she's not a big fan of the reds either. So we're we're you're yin and yang there. <laughs> um, but what do we got tonight, man? I know you've got some topics. Um, I see some stuff here in our production setup. Got some food topics, a little bit of sports right. topics. Let's start off with food because uh, in case anybody was on the internet today, you probably saw it. It is National Donut Day, which I believe happens Ooh. about 17 times a year. Um, I, I feel like everyone makes up a different National Donut Day, but we're going to go with it anyway. Um, I got a picture here that they uh, Barstool tweeted out. Well, of these choices, or you could pick a different one, what would be your donut of choice? All right, so I'm going to be completely honest with you. My favorite donut of all time is a Krispy Kreme donut glazed original if it's hot. Mm -hmm. If it's hot. I if, need to be able to crush it. <laughs> if the light is on. Or even, hey, look, if someone brings them into the office and they just picked up a dozen at the local grocery store, I can put it in the microwave. That's fine. I just need to be able to crush about five and six without even blinking. And yep. when they're hot like that, you can put down a half a dozen real quick. But my go-to, my go-to is definitely a Boston cream. Okay. I, I, I enjoy a Boston cream, but it's not usually on the list mainly because, uh, I don't think anyone else in my family really enjoys it. So if somebody else is going out to get donuts, there's a lot of other choices that they put in the box, but my number one, it's one that I usually get made fun of for because people think it's gross. Um, the maple frosted, but most places you can find, maple bacon mm. so you get the sweet and you get uh the salty from the bacon it's a great combo and i'll i'll down just about anything that's maple flavored so uh, I, I gotta go with that one anytime i see it 
we got a place down here, I think, that introduced our area to the maple bacon donut. It's called Duck Donuts. Yeah. Um, when, you, when you're down this way, I'll have to show you uh, the Duck Donuts because they've got some creations. They're not, you're not going to find a simplistic donut in this establishment. Mm-hmm. But the maple, the maple bacon donut, I will say, is very good. It's a lot, though. Yeah, you, it is a lot. That's a that's a meal donut, I would call. <laughs> yeah, you only need one of those, and then you're done. The actual uh, a different one that we have around here is Peace Love and Little Donuts, and they're, they're tinier than Duck Donuts. I've had Duck Donuts, mm-hmm. but then you you don't feel as full because it's just a little mini donut instead of the the massive one that you get from there. That's a really good point. And we're sitting here on press break, the off season talking about donuts. Feel free to chime in in the comments. We've got a good number of viewers going on right now. We'd love to hear from you. If you could only pick one donut, what donut would you pick? The The options are there on the screen. And we, were, we just talked about our favorites. So looking at this list right here, JT, which one are we going to avoid? Cool. Um, I don't like uh, any sort of jelly. So anytime I see that jelly uh, peeking through the side of the donut, that immediately scares me away. So uh, of these choices and really of any donut choice, that's at the very bottom of my list. Okay. See, that's funny because (laughs) I was hoping you wouldn't say that. Uh, We got a fan (laughs) interaction here. Chocolate glazed or strawberry frosted. Miss Brooke is going to go all day, every day with one of those two. And hey, good choices there. Good choices. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe the strawberry glazed was a uh, was a favorite of Homer Simpson. Yep. So you gotta have some sprinkles on there. <laughs> gotta have the rainbow sprinkles. That's a good observation there. For me, I'm leaving powdered donuts off. I hate powdered donuts. I don't like that when I go to bite them, the powder gets in the back of my throat. I cough every time. Call me weak. Call me whatever. I just don't like it. But and y'all are gonna probably joke me for this. I do love a powdered jelly donut, though. Huh. Okay. Like, I don't like a glazed jelly donut. It's way too sweet. All that sugar and all that jam, too mm-hmm. much. But you give me a powdered jelly donut, and I can rock with that. But it's just a powdered donut, I'm out. Uh, I'm with you on the powdered. I, I'm not really a fan of those either. Uh, most of the time, it's either maple frosted or chocolate frosted. But I don't even eat jelly on like with peanut butter. Uh, my my PB and J's are J-less. It's just a peanut butter <laughs> peanut butter on bread. Oh, so, crunchy or smooth? I'm always a smooth guy. Oh, do but are where do we stand with crunchy? Do we like crunchy peanut butter? So I would I would eat crunchy. Like if that was the only thing available, I would. But in terms of what am I having in my house, it's always going to be creamy. Okay, that's fair enough. And again, here we are, a divided household here at the Johnson <laughs> residence. Wife loves cashews, loves peanut butter, doesn't love crunchy peanut butter, only smooth. And I love crunchy peanut butter. I'm a big fan of that. Um, so yeah, that's where I go with my peanut butter. And um, yeah, I mean, peanut butter and jelly is a classic though. So, and we got some, ooh, chocolate icing, Allison Wrecker showing up her debut <laughs> jt would you like to introduce who allison is uh, that's my girlfriend she is i believe downstairs uh sitting out on the back porch i told her she could join and, and give her opinion when we got to this but uh i think i guess she's just going to chime in in the comment section 
Well, it is a pleasure to have you, Miss Allison. The woman, the myth, the legend. She has finally <laughs> made an appearance. And I guess she probably said, you know what? I got to hear so many podcasts going on. It's about time I interact with one. Yeah. It's a, the only interaction we've seen before is just her opening up the door and handing me drinks. <laughs> uh, that's it. Or getting the cat out or something. Yeah. It's a pleasure to have you. Thanks for chiming in. Chocolate icing is a go-to. I mean, there's nothing wrong with a glazed donut with a little chocolate icing on it. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I, yeah. it would be, uh, oh, we got another one here. Chocolate frosted, no sprinkles. So that's Patty Lewis. Uh, that's actually my mother-in-law. Oh, uh, very defiant on the sprinkles. <laughs> no, that is all caps. No sprinkles at all. Devin Smith chimes in and says, blueberry. You know what, Devin? You were on to something there. Because the other day, I had blueberry donut holes. And they were the bee's knees to take it back to the 60s. They were the bee's knees. And I can only imagine what an entire blueberry donut tastes like. Where do you stand on the blueberry? Muffin? Donut? Does it matter? No, I I love blueberry. I'll I'll take that. I'm still probably going to stay with more of the... uh, I just don't want... If I'm going to eat a donut, I'm going to eat some sort of sweet donut that I don't want any fruit in my donuts, but... Uh, I love me some blueberries, so I'll give it a shot. So when we talk donuts, obviously we know the big players. We've got the Dunkin' Donuts. We've got the Krispy Kreme. We've both had duck donuts. But there's another country that has a stake to claim in donuts. So I got to ask, have you ever experienced Tim Hortons, the Canadian-based? I believe I've had them at some point, but the only thing I remember from being there is that I hated their coffee. Yeah, that it's just it wasn't my it, it tasted burnt, um, kind of a coffee snob. So, <laughs> I, yeah, wasn't a fan of that. But I can't remember what their donuts were like. It's probably been at least five to ten years since I had it. Do we think? Do we think that the donut making process travels well across the pond? Like, like if you had a glazed donut from Krispy Kreme and a glazed donut from Tim Hortons, would do you think the basics would still be there? Is there really a distinguishing factor between I, donut? I feel like it's probably less sweet than Krispy Kreme. I feel like Krispy Kreme loads you up on the uh, on the glaze, so that, that's that's probably the big difference. That is that is a, a very good point. We do love our artificial sugar over here in the <laughs> States. So we do have a guest in the chat. I hope he's ready. Or not even in the chat, in the in the weight room of the studio. Um, so if he's there, I'm going to add him real quick. Elysian, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. There he is. All right, so this is Elysian, so named after his one of... Our common IPAs, there's a beer called Elysian Space Dust. And um, I met this gentleman while working at a restaurant, and we just bonded over IPAs and this one specifically. But the reason I asked him to join us this evening is he is a big baseball fan. Big baseball fan, if I remember correctly, Elysian Braves fan. That is correct. Absolutely. So what happened in this series with the Nationals? Uh <laughs> <laughs> kind of, you know, kind of fell apart. <laughs> Just like, a little bit. Like like most of our uh, series lately. Just fall apart a tad bit. So where do you stand on donuts? I know you saw the graphic. If you could only have one donut, what kind of donut are you going with? Uh, I usually go for like a, a Boston cream or something. 
That's two. We're, we got yeah. two votes for Boston Cream on this show right now. Boston some, Cream. Sometimes like the the powdered chocolate filled. Those are good. Oh, powdered chocolate filled. I don't know if I've ever had those. <laughs> Off the top rope. And you are a very Elysian. You're a very well traveled man. Have you ever been to Canada? I have. Have you experienced Tim Hortons? I have. Yeah. <laughs> do their do their donuts? How do they compare to? I don't want to say American donuts because again, I feel like donuts are donuts. But how did how did the donuts at Tim Hortons compare to donuts at say a Krispy Kreme or a Dunkin' here in the states? I feel like they're a little bit more extravagant <laughs> at Tim Hortons. <laughs> Explain they, yourself. They they just have like some more crazy combinations. I think. Okay. Kind of like uh, like maple bacon and stuff like that, like a duck donuts. Yeah. Okay, so a little yeah. bit more eclectic. But their donuts are, you know, they don't they don't taste like duck donuts or O'Doodle Doos or you know any of those other like craft oh, donut bakeries. Good name drop, O'Doodle Doos out in Suffolk. That is a very eclectic donut shop for sure, for sure. So. I'm thinking here, sitting in my head, is is donut an elite sweet? Of all the uh, sweets that we know, are they are they in the elite? Are they a top five? Outside of a chocolate chip cookie, I would probably put it second. Oh, I, I'm a okay. big donut guy. Yeah, okay. I've, I've never turned down a, a donut. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's the thing, and usually it's kind of like a chocolate chip cookie. Once I eat one. I'm probably going to eat like four or five. <laughs> That's true. I feel like with cookies though, like donut is the donuts aren't always readily available, right? Like mm-hmm. donuts are a mood. And once you get going in that mood, you, you want to go get them, but you don't always have donuts laying around. I feel like there's always, I, I would say in a high percentage of American pantries right now, there's either a pack of chips, Ahoy, Oreos, chips, deluxe, something, there's, there's something available. But yeah. donuts are definitely a treat for sure. <laughs> so I wanted to talk a little bit of baseball with you, Elysian. I got into a lively debate on Facebook today because that's where you go to discuss issues now. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and uh, we were talking about, you know, the Barry Bonds, the Mark McGuire's, basically the steroid era of baseball and there being an asterisk on their particular performances. Um, I can understand with Mark McGuire a little bit because he didn't really do anything of historical note other than the single season home run record that Barry Bonds later broke. Um, and then you have Sammy Sosa with the corked bat and all of that stuff. But w- specifically with the steroid use and what we know about Barry Bonds, the question arose, is there really an asterisk for you with Barry Bonds and what he did with the home run record in my st- excuse me my standpoint was no it was more of a of a head scratcher to me because the amount of talent it takes to put the barrel on a baseball coming 95 plus miles an hour at you and hit 760 plus home runs steroids didn't help you do that now sure Barry Bonds barrels up the ball a lot more often than others and his fly balls can turn into you know long home runs I'll concede that point but it's very, very hard to put the barrel on a baseball coming at you that fast from that close. So for me, 
it's more of a head scratcher because I don't feel like he needed the steroids to accomplish what he accomplished. And I don't know if that's why he took them. A lot of stories you read will say that he got old in age and wanted the record. So he took it so he could continue to compete at the level he needed to, to keep a roster spot. Cause a lot of people forget there for the last three or so seasons, he just DH'd. Mm-hmm. He didn't play left field as often. So where do you stand a lesion with Barry Bonds and what he accomplished. Is there an asterisk for you, or do you still feel like he he should be non-asterisk? I would say probably no. Uh, I agree that it is, you know, extremely hard to hit a baseball, whether you're on steroids or not. If you hit it, you can hit it farther, but it's still hard as hell to hit it to begin with. What about you, JT? Where are you at on that? uh, Yeah, I, I don't think that there should be an asterisk by Barry Bonds because uh, I, I think that you could get into the debate that hitting a baseball is probably the most difficult thing to do in sports. Uh, I saw a graphic the other day of uh, pitchers currently this year, Jacob deGrom leads the league in time to home plate. So coming out of his hand to get it to home plate is 0.38 seconds. Mm. So you you have 0.38 seconds to find the ball out of his hand, understand the spin rotation on it to try to figure out if it's a fastball, what pitch it is, and then figure out where it's going to be and put your bat in that location to hit the ball. I, I, think, I think that he was elite at that. I think that if he never takes steroids – we talked about this before the show that I think he still goes down as one of the best hitters, if not the best hitter of all time. So I don't think that there should be any asterisk because he still was one of the elite players at hitting a baseball. What were you about to say? Elysian? I think I accidentally cut you off. Uh, so in the like early to mid nineties, when he was with the pirates and the pirates were always the Braves in the in the postseason. Bonds was on that team, and he was a big part of the reason why the Pirates were annually in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And you know he wasn't juicing then, still hitting home runs. He was still getting on base. He's you know still doing all the stuff that you know an All Star player is supposed to be doing. Except you know. Later, he obviously got larger. Right. He definitely he definitely got bigger. Um, somewhere around the 2000, I'm going to say 2005-ish, 2006, he was, he was evidently larger. And I don't think anyone present here today is saying that the steroids, do, that steroids does not give somebody an advantage. Mm-hmm. Right. I think the reason why it's deemed... Or, or not deemed because it is cheating. You're taking an illegal substance. It's cheating. But I feel like some of the reason why it's so frowned upon by the old heads in baseball and, and even some of the new heads in baseball today is because, dude, it's already so hard to do what you were doing. You didn't need the advantage. You didn't yeah, I mean, need the extra help. Uh, I'm looking at the stats right here. And he left Pittsburgh after the 1992 season. But... I mean, he was still very tiny back then, but he led the league 
in slugging percentage in 1990 and 1992. And I still think he was small his first year in San Francisco. And he hit an insane 677 slugging percentage with an OPS of 1.1. Those are insane stats, led the league both years. Like, he was still doing amazing things back then. Like, the, he still hit for power. He had 46 home runs in 1993. Uh, I don't think he was taking steroids. I think it probably happened around 98, 99 is when he started juicing, uh, mm-hmm. leading up to that 73 home run year. But, yeah, like, when he was in Pittsburgh, he was still hitting for power. Yeah, he's still hitting 46 home runs, and he's, you know, a a fairly tiny guy. Yeah, I mean, that year that he uh, hit 46 home runs, he still stole 29 bases, and he was consistently stealing between 30 and 50 bases back then. So he was still a light guy that uh, he was just – he was one of the elite players that won an MVP in a – 90, 1990, and I believe 1993, if I'm not mistaken. He had two MVPs in there uh, when he was still not juicing. Yeah, I don't have all of his stats. I, I know he uh, – I've got it here. I'm, I'm just looking at uh, sports reference for, for anybody else that wants to see some of those numbers. Uh, and one thing I, I said before we uh, before we jumped on – he was also elite at walking. I know a, a lot yeah. of the times later in his career, he was intentionally walked. But for most of his career, he only swung at pitches inside the zone, which is something you don't see at all anymore. Uh, guys are just swinging for the fences no matter what, uh, striking out a lot. But he knew he could read the ball out of a pitcher's hand and tell immediately whether it was going to be a strike or a ball. And when that ball was in the middle of the plate, he was going to hammer it. So uh, the, uh, I think the steroids probably put a few more balls into McCovey Cove, but I yeah. still think he was going to hit that many home runs either way. Yeah, and I think someone who sits on the uh, on the opposite side of this argument, like like the gentleman that um, that I was in a pleasant discussion with on Facebook today in a sports group. No one is saying that taking steroids is not an advantage. Mm-hmm. It's absolutely an advantage. Corking a bat is absolutely an advantage. My point is you take those steroids away, you take that, and I'm not going to say the corked bat because it was Sammy Sosa, it's a different player. But <laughs> speaking of Barry Bonds, you take those steroids away, Barry Bonds probably still breaks the home run record. Maybe not by as much as he did, because what did he end up with, 776? Uh, 762. 762. And the, the record was what? So what 744. Yeah, so he beat it by 18. 18. Yeah, so he might not have beat it by 18. Listen, he might not have beat it, but he would have been second, no doubt, all time in home runs without steroids. Mm-hmm. So it, it doesn't really, it doesn't strike itself as an advantage to me with him because what he was great at was what others aren't great at. And that is squaring up the ball every time it enters the zone. Like there wasn't, I remember back when, when baseball video games were really, really big and not like the MLB, the show crap that we have now where you could be (laughs) your own player and stack a team. I'm talking about where like we were playing, you know, back in the 2000s, 2005. And when a, when you were pitching on defense, 
and a player came up, there was the batter's box and the, you know, the strike zone, and there would be different colors. There would be like a red if he was really good at hitting the ball there. There'd be a blue if he had a really good average hitting from there, and it would be like clear or no color or grayed out if he struggled there. When Barry Bonds comes up to bat, if you would have put that graphic up, it would have all been red. He just mastered the strike zone. He wasn't going to swing if it wasn't in the strike zone. And if it wasn't the strike zone, he was making pure contact more often than any other person we've ever seen in the history of baseball. Like, it's just that simple. So that's why I said seeing him take steroids is more of a head scratcher to me than a cheat code to me. Because Barry Bonds was born a cheat code. (laughs) (laughs) Like, that's where I'm at. So I liked that discussion, and I invited that gentleman to join us. It appears that he's not going to do so, um, and that's fine. You know, not everyone likes to be on the live platform and, and, and talk, so maybe we'll have some more discussions, him and I. But Elysian, let's get back to your Braves. I know the expectations were high entering the season. I know we're in a little bit of a lull right now with the production of the Braves. They did just pick up a win yesterday against the Nats. What was it 5-1, 5-2? Yeah, yeah. Um, so, so now that the season's kind of about to take mid-season form, things have started to identify themselves. Obviously, there's a lot of injuries. I play fantasy baseball, and I feel like every day I'm putting someone on the 10-day IL. <laughs> so what are the expectations for the Braves in Elysian's eyes? I don't, I don't really think they have much of a chance, honestly. I mean, I'll, I'll still watch them, but uh, I – I don't know the offense. It it has highs and lows, and then we just lost uh, Marcelo Zuna, and then he he got arrested the following day. Mm-hmm. So, so there's that going against them. Although Freddie Freeman just hit a home run to deep center, 440 feet. Yeah, but like, what what would happen to our offense if we lost Freddie Freeman? It would uh, it would be pretty much non-existent at that point. Yeah, I, I mean it, it's pretty anemic right now. Yeah, I mean, there we have Ozzy Albies does pretty well. Acuna is doing awesome. Uh, Swanson's getting pretty hot. Uh, Riley's been playing well, but you know he's kind of a rookie. And so, yeah, at some point you kind of him to hit some sort of slump once pitchers start figuring him out. Yeah. Do you think that uh, do you think that you can keep up with the Mets with how good their pitching's been? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> the only yeah, I, the only good news is that uh, Cindergard probably won't be coming back anytime yeah, soon. Yeah, I mean it. it uh, I mean they, they've got the best pitcher in baseball. Uh, I think that's w- without a doubt. It, the Grom's ERA is under one. I think. But uh, that whole pitching staff has been impressive, and eventually those bats have to wake up. I think it's going to come down to the Mets and the Braves in that division. The Phillies might stick around, but they've been struggling. So I I think it's a two-man race in the East, but I think it's going to be hard to catch the Mets. I I think it's like a a four-team race in the East. Uh, Yeah, I guess uh, Miami and Washington really aren't that far behind. Yeah, I mean, all all the teams are basically, you know – hovering around 500 or just slightly under. So, Yeah, we uh, we also have a baseball podcast that I have with uh, somebody, uh, another guy, but 
I've been saying all along that I think Washington eventually is going to fall off here, and I think Scherzer gets dealt. So I think they're going to end up dropping into the fifth team just because they're sort of stuck in the middle ground of – And Strasburg just went on the I.L. What was that? Strasburg just went on the I.L. like yesterday. Oh, yeah, because yeah. he, uh, he dropped down, I believe, in that start that he got pulled. He His fastball was only hitting like 89 miles an hour, which yeah. most likely tells you that it's another Tommy John thing, which that – it sucks for him because he's had such an injury real career, but if he's done uh, overall, their offense has struggled. I think with not really being able to compete with the Mets and the Braves, I think they start to go on a little bit of a losing streak and we might see the end of Scherzer in a nationals uniform. Yeah. I could, I could see them dealing him to uh, another you know competitive team for a bunch of prospects or something. Yeah, there's a lot of teams that are going to be looking for pitching because you have the the Dodgers out there with their insane uh, pitching staff, the Mets we've talked about. Like it, you've got to have probably at least three starters when when you get into playoff time to match up with some of these teams. Well, I could see the Dodgers or the Padres picking them up because they they have to compete against each other. So. Uh, true, and you still have the Giants there. That that, that division is insane. I, I wish I could stay up more for these ten o'clock games, but it, they're putting out crazy matchups every single time. Yeah, absolutely. Is there a more right now? Is there a more exciting game series matchup than the Padres and the Dodgers? Hmm. Like that. Those games, and I'll never forget it. People were making a big deal of it, so I'm not really. This isn't really a hot take. But when they had their series, like a month into the season, it felt like October baseball. There was mm-hmm. fighting. There were pitches being thrown at people. There were home runs. There were bat flips. It was awesome. I love the Padres. I hope the Padres go far. I really yeah. do. I love the Padres. Tatis is just something on the ropes. <laughs> So staying on that topic, why do you think a lot of people hate the hate the Dodgers? <laughs> like I don't know. I know one Dodger fan, and she was from there. It's fun story. Um, so I'm on a golf trip with a buddy of mine, Scott, and um, we're in a condo. It's me and my wife, and Scott and his girl, and her name's Katie. So it's Scott and Katie, and me and Callie, and we're watching the World Series two years ago. No, three years ago, the not the year the Nationals won. The year before that, Dodgers made it to the World Series and lost to who they lose to three years ago. Was that when they lost to Houston? It was when they lost to Houston. And she is a Dodger fan, true and true. And she is just glued to this TV. But every time I just noticed that every time Josh Turner got up, she left the room. And I'm like, what it, is it because he's got red hair? Like, that's kind of messed up. Like, why? What is it with Josh Turner? Turns out she dated Josh Turner for three years and while he was in the minors. And the second he got caught up, he split with her because wow. he probably had bigger fish to fry at that <laughs> point, if, if you get what I'm saying. And so she she let, she let gave some inside information, and, and we'll just say that she's not a big Josh Turner fan. But outside of lovely Miss Katie, and I hope if you're watching, nothing against you, I get it. You told me the stories, I get it. But outside of her, I don't know many Dodgers fans, and I really don't know many people that like the Dodgers. 
I can say for me, it's uh, I mean, they're basically like the Yankees of the West. Okay. It's, it's just a team with, you know, super deep pockets. They can, mm-hmm. you know, buy anybody they want. Do you think it has to do with the market too? Like I feel my issue with the Yankees and I'm with you on that. I feel like the Yankees have bought plenty of championships, but my, my real issue with the Yankees comes down to when the Yankees aren't good and they're consistently shoved down my throat by every media outlet out there. And I get it. It's New York, but I feel it is that kind of similar. Like, do we feel like for the LA market, that's the team that's thrust in front of us the most? Because I'll be honest, I would much rather watch the Angels. I love Mike Trout. Yeah, and Otani at this point. But I think that it's one of those things that, uh, like you both said, they have deep pockets. They buy a lot of teams. And up until, was it last year that they won? Up until last year, they didn't really have anything to talk about. But they still always kind of stuck their chests out and said, like, we've been to this many World Series. We've uh, made this many playoff appearances but there wasn't really anything to show for until recently i was listening to uh fox sports radio this morning and um there's a there was a gentleman on who is a giants fan and he said that the dodgers have a third of a championship they don't (laughs) they still don't have a full one because they only played a third of a season last year (laughs) i was about to mention that like you know speaking of asterisks you know should should their title be with an asterisk because they only played like 60 games or whatever it was last season that's a great point because there's a growing movement now that lebron's been eliminated that the bubble from last year for the nba was filled with an asterisk uh, i definitely think i don't know how much um I, i've been to some playoff games for baseball but I don't think it means as much as it does in like the NBA or even the, the NHL had a bubble as well. I think the biggest thing with that bubble is not having to travel. LeBron is getting older. You could see it, um, it last night against the Suns. He, had, he balled out in the third quarter, and then it seemed that he just got too tired to really keep them in the game in the fourth. So I think – veterans that have been around for a long time that have a lot of miles on their legs. I think being in a bubble situation where you don't have to fly on a plane every couple of days makes a huge difference. Yeah. Uh, But the only thing I don't know what to make is I don't know what to make of the heat though, because the heat dominated that bubble until they got, and to be quite honest with you, they had a great showing against the Lakers. They just weren't rostered well enough to compete for for a seven game series, right? Uh, I think that everybody. My explanation for the Heat is that they they kind of huddled around the Jimmy Butler attitude. Like Jimmy Butler is a guy we've heard the stories before. He had an apartment um, with nothing in it, and he just spent a whole off season train it going to the gym for like 23 hours a day and i think that in a bubble situation where there was nothing else to do i think they kind of they, they kind of had that attitude and really just completely overperformed what they were supposed to 
And when it gets back into regular life where you have other things going on and it's not all about basketball, you can't always get up to that same level that you did in the bubble. That's true. That's that's just what I thought. I feel like with baseball, though, like I know they didn't have to go through a full season with the injuries that could have happened and the fatigue. And I mean, for crying out loud, the amount of stress that's put on pitchers arms nowadays Mm -hmm. with how hard they have to try to throw the ball. Like, obviously, they didn't go through it. But still, like, if we're talking, there were only two sports really outside of college basketball there were only two sport, two professional sports that did a bubble, right? Or three hockey. Um, yeah. But I feel like hockey translates the easiest, right? I don't really f- like hockey just translates. Basketball should translate. It's a ball and a hoop. You put it in. I feel like baseball is, is kind of the opposite. I feel like baseball is the only one that has the most changing variables of those three sports. I mean, you go out in a seven-game series in hockey and basketball, you're going to see the same starting lineup. You're going to see the same scheme. You're going to see the same everything. And it's basically who's better in a seven-game set. You go play a seven-game series in baseball, you're going to see five different pitchers. You're going to see four or five different variations of a lineup. You're going to see different position players. So I think of all the three sports that there shouldn't be an asterisk, I would give it to baseball. But I also see people's point because of the abbreviated season. There are other variables outside of gameplay that those teams didn't have to go through. If that makes any sense at all. Mm-hmm. No, it does. I mean, so if you think about it, we're at like, you know, around 60 games or a little bit after this season and everybody's lineup is, you know, littered with, you know, four or five people on the injured list. At least mine is. Mm-hmm. And we're only about as far into the season as the entire season they played last year. Yeah. So it's, you know, 60, 60 games is, is still like kind of a small sample size. It really. Yeah. And I feel like baseball is the one that you need more games. Like everyone always says, like I have a lot of people that tell me how, how much they hate baseball because it's, it's too long of a season. And uh, it's just, a lot of people think it's a boring sport, but I think you need those 162 games because I, I think once you play that many, everything evens out at some point and you really get the best teams. I think in a 60 game sprint, I can't really remember who made the playoffs last year, but you can get some teams that struggle through the first 50, 60 games of the season, and then they've got another 100 games to really get back to who they're supposed to be. And you end up getting the best playoff teams possible out of that. Yeah, and that's a great point you made about the length of the season and people complain about it. The teams need it. Mm -hmm. The fans don't. Yeah. That's that's the issue, is that it's hard for a 162-game season to watch the same product because you don't see the little nuances of what's changing in each player, mm-hmm. right? And if you've never played baseball, you don't understand how 
getting in a zone works. You don't understand how figuring something out in your swing works or figuring something out in your release point at just an inch or a half an inch of break on your curveball. Like you don't understand that stuff. You just see the result of the work that's put in. I personally think the season is too long, but I don't think it should be cut to 60. I don't understand why we couldn't go down to say 120 games. I mean, it's just, and, and a lot of people, you know, well then it's not the, you know, the race for October. Well then start the season later. <laughs> start it, start it in summer. Start it in summer. I, another, but on the, on the, on the opposite side of that, I don't think the NBA needs 82 games either. I think the NBA of all the sports who need to shorten their season, the NBA needs to shorten their season, especially with the development and the, the increase of these super teams. Like, the squads are going to be what the squads are. Mm-hmm. We don't need 82, C, 82 games to figure out who the front runners are. And we definitely don't need 82 games to figure out which team has the best chance of getting to the finals in each conference. Like, we know that off the bat. We speculate about it. We make power rankings in the preseason about it for a reason. Because the talent is what the talent is. And in basketball, you just kind of roll it out. And JT, I know Elysian's not a big basketball guy, but you and I are, especially on the college level. Mm-hmm. Man, you're just rolling out the ball and putting the best five to seven guys out there, you think, and you're running your system. And at the end of the day, talent is going to win. That's just how it works. Now, that's why they're called upsets, because on paper, the team that won should have had no business being in that game. Mm-hmm. And something magical happened, and they did. And most, more often than not, it's more, it's more of a cold shooting night for the other team that should have won, right? Yeah. So I don't understand why we still have to play 82 NBA games, and then they expanded the playoffs. So now half the, more than half the league gets in with these play in games, it used to be the top eight seeds got in yeah. now. Technically the top 10 seeds gets in and there's only 16 teams in each conference. I, I hope that's a one year thing. Cause I, it doesn't make sense. Um, I know it's all, it's always going to come down to money, which I hate that that's the reason behind everything, but that's the world we live in. So it, that's just how it's going to happen. Legion, do you follow basketball like at all? Uh, no, not really. <laughs> so I know you. I know you follow hockey, though. I I do follow hockey, not as much as as uh, as baseball or football, but sure. So who do you like in the playoffs right now? Boston's looking pretty strong. Uh, I don't know. I I I would probably go with uh, Islanders. You like okay. And that they're in a series with Boston right now, aren't they? Yeah, but they they have the caps old coach, so <laughs> shots for trots. Yeah. <laughs> and hey, just a quick PSA from press break, the offseason. Uh Washington Capitals. Trots was not the problem. How are we doing now? <laughs> how, how are we doing now? So JT, what else you got for us, man? So I had two other things written down that I, I wanted to get some opinions on. First, what's your go-to movie theater? Well, movie theaters are coming back. So we're starting to open things. Your audio went out there, but I think I get what you're saying. 
Um, I think JT's asking, uh, yeah, your audio cut out just like mid sentence. It stopped feeding, but JT's question was of all the movie theater companies that, that are out there, what's your go-to I'll turn this over to Elysian. Cause I think we probably have the same answer. Um, I know Elysian is more of a streamer and a downloader, but if you had to go to the movies, if you had to go venture out in public and deal with the people, are you an AMC guy, a Regal guy, a cinema cafe guy? No, I think I'd probably the only place I would go to is that Cinema Cafe in Edinburgh. Yeah. So I don't know, JT, what y'all have in Pennsylvania. There's many variations of this, but down here there's a chain um, called Cinema Cafe. Uh, mm-hmm. Another name for it. There you are. You're back. Um, yeah, another you name. Is, yeah, we're good. Okay. Uh, Cinebistro is another one. But basically you walk in and your seats are Lazy Boy recliners. They're powered. Um, you get a little TV tray that swings in front of you. And basically you get to sit in the restaurant or in the, in the movie theater like a restaurant. <laughs> and you get everything served to you. They got your alcoholic beverages, your non-alcoholics. They've got your, you know, your bar food, your main entrees, good burgers, good sandwiches, and massive buckets of popcorn. And you can just chill back, sit back, and relax. And I think ever since that got built, um, and I'll, let me make a caveat. They've been around for a while, but they used to only show old movies. Like you okay. would, like you would only be able to see movies that were like seven to ten years old. Mm-hmm. Now they have Cinema Cafe premieres, so like right now I could go watch A Quiet Place Two and a laid back Lazy Boy and have someone wait on me every second of the movie. Uh, these are fancy things. I knew those were around, <laughs> but those are things that I've never experienced. Uh, I'm I'm still a classic. Go to the movies. What started this was my my order is a large popcorn, a bunch of crunch, and a Sprite. You mix the bunch of crunch in with your popcorn, and it's just a, that nice little combo, Ooh. a little bit of chocolate, a little bit of popcorn. So that that's what I, I was I was curious, but I you, you guys have a lot more than me. <laughs> <laughs> now listen, when we go to when we go to a, a normal movie theater because we still have them. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we still have your Regal Cinemas and your AMCs. I think we actually out in Lynnhaven still have a Cinemark, which oh. I don't know how many of those exist in the world, but there's one. Um, <laughs> yes, popcorn obviously is a go-to. You have to have popcorn, and I always order my popcorn the same way because the question gets asked: Would you like butter on that? <laughs> and my question is all my answer is always the same: as much as you can legally put on there. Yeah, because I know there's got to be a limit. Uh, I saw a TikTok the other day of someone that put a straw in the popcorn and then put the butter through the straw so that it gets to the bottom and can get, get all mixed up at, at the bottom so you don't run out. Oh, <laughs> TikTok's a great crazy thing. You, That's you a can see it. <laughs> so let, let me ask you real quick. There's a there's a growing trend of people saying, "I learned more from TikTok than I ever did from high school." Where do y'all stand on that? Because I'll be honest, I have learned some nifty stuff. I, I Listen, I don't have a TikTok account, but TikToks get shared with me quite often. Mm-hmm. And I will say, I've seen some pretty nifty stuff on there. Do, do we think that TikTok is the new, is the new educator? Well, I don't actually watch much of it. I've, I've <laughs> you know, had some shared with me, but I don't have the app. I don't have an account. So, I mean, I, I see some here and there, but I, I have the app, 
and I spend pro Allison would tell you that I spend way too much time on it. I don't think it's too much time, but it's crazy because it really understands you as a person. Like it sees what videos you stick around and watch longer. It sees, I mean, it obviously takes data from other apps and sees that like I'm a golfer. So it shows me golf videos and then it also shows me stock stuff because I'm always in the stocks. So, and then it shows you these people that I'll always stick around and watch them. If they show me something that I've never seen before, I'm going to give them my attention and watch the whole video maybe one or two times. And you, you see some crazy things. So I, I would say I've seen probably about as I've learned as much from TikTok as I did from high school. So let me ask a question. One of these questions, one of these answers you will be able to relate to, but what's worse, Cole, or going down a Reddit rabbit hole? You cut out there for a second. I, I believe you said TikTok or Reddit. Which one's the worst? Yeah, which one's worse, a TikTok going down a TikTok hole or a Reddit rabbit hole? So, oh, I, I love a good Reddit rabbit hole because... You you get some some crazy people and some crazy back and forth in the uh, in the comments there. It, TikTok's fun. You can scroll for a long time and and not get bored. But Reddit is the elite. There's a reason that it's been around for as long as it's been around. So I, I think I would have to go with that. Elysian, are you a redditor? I think you are. Yeah, I, I I use Reddit. I would I would say it's it's a toss up between that or you know, reaching the end of YouTube. <laughs> that is true. YouTube can get very distracting for sure. Yeah, for sure. So what, let's say, let's say that you gotta, you gotta go see a man about a horse. What's our, what's our go-to? What's the first app? We all will we'll probably all end up at a, so I'm not going to ask you what's your, what's your favorite app, but what, what do you think? What, what gets open first for me? I'm going to be completely honest with you. It's Twitter. I yeah. love Twitter. And some people have told me, like, I know a lot of people that don't have Twitter at all, and I don't understand how they get their news. I, like, <laughs> I, I follow it. I follow it for sports news. I follow it for actual news. Um, yeah, that, I mean, that's my first thing in the morning because that's the only way I find out things that have happened in the world. Okay. I just look at uh, news.google.com. <laughs> well, yeah, I, and, and I, you know, it, it kind of builds everything for me, and I'll just scroll through that. Okay, there's nothing wrong with it. There's nothing wrong with a good old fashioned news article, <laughs> but sometimes, like I don't know, I, when I'm in when I'm in the when I'm in the royal the royal quarters, if you will, <laughs> I'm not I'm not really trying to read. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, my granddad, he's that guy. I, you go into the get, you go into the downstairs bathroom right now. There's about seven different periodicals and he's got two to three issues of each. He is not running material in that room, <laughs> but I, I'm more of a visual, not a, not a reading type guy. Yeah. So, well, well I, I don't think have Twitter or TikTok or I don't have any of those. So, <laughs> I mean, I guess Facebook would be the other one if I want to look at pictures. That's true. Well, speaking of Twitter and TikTok and YouTube and all the things we just mentioned, we are on all of those. Well, not all. 
We are on YouTube at Sports Shift Media. We are on Facebook at Sports with BJ, Sports Shift Media. We are on Twitter, Sports with BJ, JTZ4. Sports Shift Media does not have a Twitter, but we... Yeah, it, at it, least. it actually does. It actually does. I don't use it for much, but... Uh... <laughs> so that is my mother, and my the grandfather I was talking about happens to be her father, and she said, no, there's at least 17 issues in his royal throne. So, nice. so hold on. Before we get out, I want to get some thoughts here. Miss Johnson, you have missed several good topics, so I'm going to throw them back up real quick if you want to talk. We talked about favorite donut. What's your go-to donut? Uh, we talked about your favorite movie snack outside of popcorn. Obviously, everyone likes popcorn with all the butter. Um, so what's your favorite donut? What's your favorite movie snack? Uh, JT dropped some knowledge, um, and I'm going to have to try it. He said he likes to put Bunch of Crunch in the popcorn and shake it up. A little chocolate, sweet and salty all together. Gentlemen, do any of us here put hot sauce on their popcorn? Because I do. I, I would not, but I, I'm like, I have not, but I would be willing to. I, so, I'm a hot sauce on everything kind of guy. Elysian? I'm not opposed to it, but I haven't done it before. <laughs> so I'll break while, while we're getting some answers here too. Uh, and of course, it's in the jeans, the classic Krispy Kreme original, but it's <laughs> got, what does it have to be, Michelle? It can't just be Krispy Kreme original. There's, there's a caveat to that. And it's just, I believe in our blood, it has to be a hot now. I'll tell a little story because I think people like comedy, right? <laughs> and this is, after all, entertainment. When I was a kid, and, and when I say I was a kid, this wasn't a one-time thing. This was a consistent every weekend thing for a good year or two of my life. That's absolutely right. They got to be hot now. And that's what this is segueing into. My dad would wake us up on Saturday morning and I'm talking, he's an early riser. So this is five thirty, six o'clock in the morning. And my dad was a big gambler. That's probably part of where I get my gambling ineptness from, if you will. So we would go to Hardee's and this was back when drive-through restaurants still had paper dispensers in the drive-through. So while you were waiting for your turn to pay, you could put in 50 cent and get your paper. So my dad would grab the USA Today. He would grab his he would grab his Hardee's order. We would get our breakfast. And then we would drive from Chesapeake all the way to Virginia Beach because at the time, that was the only place we had a Krispy Kreme. And he would back his truck in across from the sign, the Hot Now sign. And he we would eat our breakfast, and he would read through his paper. He would get his bets ready. He would get his lines and everything he liked. And the second that light went on, the paper would fold down, He'd fold it up, he'd hand it to my mom, off into the driveway we went. And I kid you not, every single time is what I heard. Welcome to Christmas, how can we help you? Yeah, can I get a dozen of now the hot donuts? Let me get a dozen of those. Uh, what do y'all want? <laughs> <laughs> and I, like, I kid you not, every single weekend. And when I tell you this dude would put down eight and then finish the rest during halftime of the of the one o'clock football games every single week. And there it is right there. His wife in the flesh. I am not making this up. 
that dude would kill some Krispy Kreme donuts. And it's a big part of my childhood. Some people can call it scarring. Some people can call it inspiring. I don't know. Favorite movie snack. Michelle chimes in. It's a toss up popcorn with lots of finger dripping butter or not. Ooh, nachos with the melted cheese. That's a good call. Yeah. Nachos is always a good option. That's my ballpark go to. Uh, that would be, I, I save it for that though. I, I've never, I don't think I've ever actually had it at the movie theater. <laughs> and there she chimes in. And, and this is no lie. This is the famous quote because my mom would always jump on my dad with his weight, his health, you can't eat these many donuts. You can't do this. You can't do that. And his, I'm about to throw up his famous excuse. And she put it in quotes for a reason. And there it is. There are only two <laughs> bites when they're hot. I can't help it. <laughs> and he's not wrong. You pick it up and they just kind of crumble. Oh, yeah, they, they felt so light, too, like uh, compared to other donuts. It, it just kind of it, it felt like you could eat a lot more than what you probably should. That's it. That's it. Well, this has been a lively discussion on another Freestyle Friday here on Press Break, the offseason. Special shout out to Elysian for joining us and talking some baseball. Thank you, everyone, for the interaction. It always makes our show better. We love what I what we do, but we love it even better when y'all join us and interact with us. It lets us know that we're doing a good job. Another shout out to the Juice Box Pod for carrying us and our new sponsor, Cloud8 Delta. Check them out, Cloud8 Cloud Delta 8? Cloud 8 Delta 8.com. Cloud 8 Delta 8.com um, for all of your CBD and THC needs. And um, we have really enjoyed this. JT, any parting words for us? Um, no, I've had a lot of fun. Come check us out tomorrow morning to uh, try to give you some, some good winners for gambling tomorrow. That's true. Tomorrow, bright and early, 8.45, every Saturday morning, brewed bets, where the coffee is strong and the bets are stronger. Elysian, any parting words for the audience? Uh, no, just you know, thanks for having me. It was fun. It was a pleasure. For JT and Elysian, I'm Brandon, Sports with BJ on Press Break, the offseason. We'll see you all next Friday.